0: A new book reveals how to recognize and defeat the evil of communism and other totalitarian regimes like Putin's Russia, The Triumph of Good, Cain, Abel, and the End of Marxism, with commentary by the author, Thomas Cromwell. Chapter 18. America's Providential Mission Divine Providence and the Rise of a Worldwide Able First, the quotation from the U.S. Declaration of Independence For the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. First section. God's providence spans the Atlantic. These stirring words from the Declaration of Independence capture a central belief among America's pioneering founders. They saw their departure from Europe and establishment of a government that secured their God-given rights as part of a larger divine providence, the plan of their creator to establish a heavenly state on earth in which every person could practice his or her religion freely this vision inspired americans to be their best and do their best and to establish institutions that were designed to avoid the injustices and inequities of the societies they had left behind as we have seen in the history of the christian era this vision continued the trend towards an ever finer expression of christ's teaching free from the corruption of christian institutions persecuted heretics turned on rival churches engaged in the crusades failed to end slavery and resisted reformation movements thus the pilgrims who first settled in america in 1620 represented an able type movement within christianity their pioneering spirit shaped societies in the new world and once fully awakened by a wave of christian revivalism a century later, would inspire the founding of a truly providential nation. They rejected both the deeply political Catholic Church and papacy as well as the Church of England, the state religion headed by the English monarch. In 1609 they left England for Holland, the only European country offering freedom of worship at the time. Not wanting their children to be raised speaking Dutch, They turned their eyes to those vast and unpeopled countries of America as William Bradford wrote in his book of Plymouth Plantation by moving to America they would be totally free to believe and worship as they wished and to contribute to the establishment of a godly society on earth and I quote from Bradford again they cherished a great hope and inward zeal of laying good foundations or at least of making some way towards it for the propagation and advance of the gospel of the kingdom of christ in the remote parts of the world even though they should be but stepping stones to others in the performance of so great a work End quote. arriving in what is now plymouth massachusetts the 102 pilgrims set about building a christian community the english investors who had funded the venture had insisted on communal ownership of all property, treating the colony as a single corporation to facilitate profit sharing. And although the English investor system seemed similar to the early communitarian idealism of the first followers of Jesus, as described in Acts of the Apostles, they held all property in common, it required a voluntary pooling of property. This was something the pilgrims did not agree with, as they rightly recognized that it compromised their personal freedom to live and worship as they wanted. Bradford, the second leader of the colony, described how the initial communal approach failed. The pilgrims felt themselves part of an unjust slave-like system that fostered an unwillingness to work and general confusion. He pointed to the problem seen later with communism which was the lack of correlation between effort and rewards. If people shared equally in the fruits of communal work, regardless of what they had contributed to their production, they worked less. In Bradford's words, and I quote, For the young men who were most able and fit for service objected to being forced to spend their time and strength in working for other men's wives and children without any recompense, end quote. This unfair system pushed the new colony towards extinction. But under Bradford's leadership, a decision was made in 1623 to assign, and I quote, every family a parcel of land according to the proportion of their number, end quote. As each family took responsibility for its own welfare, while continuing to support the community as a whole, there was a dramatic improvement in overall outcomes quoting from Bradford again this was very successful it made all hands very industrious so that much more corn was planted than otherwise would have been End quote. thus the seeds of american capitalism were sown more than 150 years before adam smith published his groundbreaking work on capitalism the wealth of nations in 1776 the combination of individual liberty and private ownership would prove a powerful driving force behind the rapid growth and ultimate ascendancy of america the pilgrims in massachusetts would be followed by other religious exiles from europe who settled along america's atlantic coast as well as immigrants motivated by commercial interests the desire to own property or simply to escape poverty. Some colonies had charters that encouraged settlement by particular church denominations or were havens for members of those churches. Maryland was established in 1632 under a charter from Catholic King Charles I and was a preferred destination for Catholics. Pennsylvania was established by William Penn, who received a charter to create a Quaker settlement from King Charles II in 1681. A New Section The Great Awakening As was typical of European empires, America's expansionist impulse combined internal, religious aspirations and a sense of mission with external, capitalist ambitions. For European nations, especially Britain, Holland, Spain and Portugal, missionizing the world was a sacred duty while mercantilism provided an economic incentive to establish outposts in far-flung lands. As demonstrated in the founding of America, religious motivations sustained the courage to venture into uncharted territories, but economic interests often came to dominate the relationship between colonial power and colony. Within America itself, the rapid expansion west into the interior and eventually all the way to california alaska and hawaii was increasingly driven by materialistic interests the desire for land to farm and natural resources to exploit from the 1607 founding of the settlement in jamestown this commercial drive had overshadowed the religious mission in virginia and other southern colonies and it would fuel land rushes west of the mississippi and gold rushes in Nevada, Colorado, Oregon, California, and elsewhere. A hundred years after the landing at Plymouth Rock, America was ripe for religious renewal. This came in the form of the Great Awakening, a movement of fervent Christian renewal in both Britain and America. Powerful preachers like John Wesley, who lived from 1703 to 1791, Jonathan Edwards who lived from 1703 to 1758 and George Whitfield, who lived from 1714 to 1770 called Christians to return to a pure faith to repent of their sins and seek forgiveness and renewal. This movement represented an important response to the Enlightenment with its emphasis on science and the material world. It brought acknowledgment of a higher purpose back to the center of American society and culture, underscoring the importance of Christians establishing a personal relationship with God and taking responsibility for their behavior. And it served as an important refocusing of the pilgrim effort to break away from established churches with their ecclesiastical hierarchies and political entanglements religious freedom and responsibility became matters of personal conscience rather than denominational allegiance the result was the rapid growth of new protestant churches like the baptists and methodists and ultimately a society in which every person could choose his or her own path to god the great awakening was an important movement of internal enlightenment and religious renewal help prepare america for the next stage in its separation from the old world independence from britain this rejection of european rule was yet another step in the long process of enlightened movements breaking away from ossified and often corrupt institutions it was part of a westward movement of christian renaissance that saw rome separate from the orthodox churches the protestants separate from rome and the pilgrims leave England for America. In addition to providing the spiritual foundations for establishing a nation under God, the Great Awakening provided the spiritual foundations for the abolitionist movement that a century later would end slavery in America. A New Section The American Revolution England's glorious revolution with its Bill of Rights had a profound effect on the American colonies. It represented the convergence of Renaissance and Reformation, or the rise of science and renewal of religion. Especially after the Great Awakening, America had become a more religious country than Britain, and religious fervor mixed with a strong belief in liberty and independence would lead to the American Revolution against Britain many americans objected to laws imposed on the colonies by king george the third who despite being restrained by the bill of rights that granted significant powers to parliament still wielded significant power as the british monarch the americans came to see monarchies themselves as unjust they wanted their creator not a monarch to be recognized as the ultimate arbiter of justice this sentiment was expressed by some of the colonial revolutionaries as no king but jesus as thomas paine wrote in his hugely popular pamphlet common sense published early in 1776 and i quote but where say some is the king of america i'll tell you friend he reigns above and doth not make havoc of mankind like the royal brute of great britain quote. as abraham lincoln would put it in his 1863 gettysburg address Americans wanted government of the people, by the people, for the people. Inspired by British writers like John Locke and Edmund Burke and French philosopher Montesquieu, as well as by examples of democracy from as early as classical Greece, the Founding Fathers declared independence from British rule on July 4, 1776. In the Declaration of Independence, Thomas Jefferson wrote, and I quote We hold these truths to be self evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed End quote. The formal recognition of our Creator as a source of natural rights was truly revolutionary and probably the most important statement on human rights in history. It gave the American Revolution a uniquely spiritual and providential character, and it led to the creation of a Constitution that enshrined God-given natural rights as the basis for individual liberty within a system governed by the rule of law not the rule of men the combination of individual liberty founded on religious principles with the economic liberty of the capitalist system became the engine of american success and growth it precipitated the american revolution and saw america rise rapidly in the world after independence by the 20th century america would eclipse its old colonial master britain As the wealthiest and most powerful nation on earth the american republic would become the model for democracies everywhere and the freedom and prosperity enjoyed by americans would be sought after by people fleeing poor or oppressive governments around the world however as with any human venture america was flawed and would be forced to face internal weaknesses and injustices one of its most important challenges came through the institution of slavery an evil practice that had been imported with some of the settlers in the 1861 to 1865 civil war america paid dearly to rid itself of slavery and to set an example for the world some 750000 americans from both sides were killed in the fighting or died of related diseases More than in any other war that involved america before or after britain abolished slavery in 1833 and in 1865 with the adoption of the 13th amendment to the u.s constitution america finally caught up with this unequivocal language i quote neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for crime Whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States, or any place subject to their jurisdiction. End quote. Other injustices had to be dealt with, from lingering racial prejudice to the unequal treatment of women under the law, but the system has, until now, proven robust and able to adapt without losing its principled base. A new section today's challenge america's ability to overcome internal challenges while pursuing a constructive leadership role in the world has now come under an unprecedented threat the year 2020 marked the 400th anniversary of the plymouth landing 400 years is a time period that has frequently been significant in providential history from the 400-year period of jewish slavery in egypt to the 400 years of Judges that preceded the establishment of a unified Kingdom of Israel and the four centuries between Luther posting his 95 Theses in 1517 and the Russian Revolution in 1917. America is a blessed land, but its blessings should not be taken for granted. The blessings flow as a result of faith and righteous action, but also, more importantly, because of providential purpose. The Pilgrims left the security of their homes in Europe to come to America in pursuit of freedom to practise their faith as they chose and to shape their own destiny. The nobility of this intention is at the heart of the American spirit which has guided the country through independence and civil war, rapid expansion and incredible growth in population and wealth. It aroused America to fight sacrificially on the side of the Allied powers in World War I and against Nazi fascism and Japanese imperialism in World War II. It kept America resolutely opposed to communism during the Cold War, a resolve that led to the collapse of the Soviet Empire. Unlike Nazi Germany and the Soviet Union, America engaged in wars abroad not to build an empire, but to protect the victims of aggression. Young men, including some still in their adolescence and old, volunteered to go to distant lands to fight against truly evil empires and terrorist organizations, shedding their blood so that total strangers could be saved from death and destruction. This rare quality of selfless sacrifice represents the best of America and is one reason it is so blessed this does not mean that America is destined to be the world's policeman defending the democracy it has long championed but it does mean that America's great wealth and power continue to be of global significance it is an endowment that is not for America's benefit alone and since the overarching challenge facing the world today is the internal threat of civilizational decline brought about by the spread of Marxist and neo-Marxist ideology, plus the external threat of an ever more powerful, wealthy and aggressive communist China, America undoubtedly continues to have a leading mission to expose, oppose and finally defeat global Marxism and communism. Since the collapse of the Soviet Union and its communist empire in the late 1980s and early 1990s, America's providential mission has become blurred. With the fall of the Berlin Wall and the liberation of one communist country after another, it seemed that the world had finally had enough of Marxism and its oppressive and aggressive regimes that couldn't even feed their own people. As the communist threat seemed to melt away, Americans were lulled into a complacency so widespread that they did not see the stealthy march of leftist ideology through Western institutions. As we have shown, this complacency has brought America and much of the world to a very dangerous moment. Since the left has successfully corrupted society and much of the political establishment by eroding traditional values, the will to confront the communist China juggernaut has become severely weakened. A NEW SECTION REGAINING AMERICA'S SENSE OF PROVIDENTIAL PURPOSE As underscored by recent international events, America still is the one country in the world with the resources needed to confront and defeat forces of evil. From the war against al-Qaeda and the Taliban in Afghanistan, to the ongoing containment of the radical Islamic regime in Iran, and the wider war against terror, the United States is the only country that can effectively project its power anywhere in the world. However, its containment of communist China is haphazard at best, and America is constantly being tested by the aggressive regime in Beijing. Moreover, just as voices in Europe once urged England to capitulate to Hitler, voices in American media, business, and government constantly advocate for passivity and appeasement in the face of Chinese aggression. The first challenge for America, then, is to address its compromised institutions. Communist China is no friend, let alone ally, of America. It is a global rival as dangerous as any we have faced in the past, including Nazi Germany and the Soviet Union. Would any American company have considered investing in Nazi Germany, to reach the German and European markets during World War II? Would any American company have considered investing in Stalin's Soviet Union at the height of the Cold War? The answer is yes, a few, but they were deservedly outliers. Some self-interested business people would do anything to enrich themselves, including betraying their country. On many American university campuses, Michel Foucault's postmodernist destruction of traditional mores is hailed as brilliant science, while in fact it is spreading social chaos. Meanwhile, the loss of traditional moral values is exacerbated by an ever-burgeoning pornography industry that seeks to replace self-sacrifice with self-indulgence. The leftist influence in academia is no longer a fringe phenomenon. And the left itself is no longer a fringe movement in America. It is now mainstream, dominating Hollywood, mass media, tech giants, sports, corporate boards trying to be woke, federal and state bureaucracies, and the Democratic Party. These forces are arrayed against a weakened conservative movement that is fighting a rearguard action to preserve traditional American values. The Judeo-Christian foundations of America are indeed under deadly assault. In truth, we have to recognize that the level of understanding and practice of faith in American society has failed to stem the tide of Marxist and neo-Marxist ideologies. Christianity predates Marx, and the teachings of Jesus therefore provide Christians with no specific theoretical basis for countering Marxism. And other derivative ideologies. In fact, in the name of social justice, many sincere Christians have unwisely allied themselves with Marxist and neo-Marxist ideas and movements. The implication of this obvious truth is that we cannot solve the problem of Marxism by reverting to earlier incarnations of our Christian faith, since they were unable to prevent the rise of Marxism in the first place. Nevertheless, as believers, we bear the responsibility to build on the Judeo-Christian values that underpin our society and create an effective counter to the ideologies of the Left. To succeed in this endeavor, it is vitally important for Americans to regain their sense of providential purpose and an understanding of what that purpose means for today and for the future news section confronting the Chinese bully on the world level China is like a playground bully who intimidates everyone into submission America is the only country with the capacity to confront the bully and protect the vulnerable of the world this means resolutely opposing Beijing's global campaign of manipulation and intimidation including through its Belt and Road initiative which often targets smaller countries. As we learned during the Cold War, the policies of appeasement and detente only fueled the aggression of the Soviet Union and prolonged the suffering of its oppressed people. This mistake must not be repeated with Communist China. America's noble mission also requires substituting China's malicious influence with genuine economic partnerships based on mutual respect and mutual benefits. Americans have been outstanding in helping the less fortunate of the world, both through private charitable donations and government assistance. But the inroads China has made in Africa in recent years point to the need of a much more robust program of engagement with developing countries. Paralleling the failure of detente, during the Cold War the West largely stood by as the Soviet bloc and other communist countries extended their influence in Africa and throughout the developing world. This led to numerous civil wars in the name of national liberation and the creation of socialist states that fostered brutal dictatorships and economic impoverishment. We must not let this pattern be repeated, with China as the prime mover behind the global expansion of communism. A new section Ike articulated the American mission well. Dwight Eisenhower reminded us of America's virtuous role in the world with poignant words on the 20th anniversary of D-Day. Filmed at the Normandy Cemetery for Americans who died during the invasion to liberate Europe from Nazism. the former Supreme Allied Commander during World War II and later U.S. President made the following comments, and I quote, D-Day has a very special meaning for me. I'm not referring really to the anxieties of the day, anxieties that were a natural part of sending in an invasion where you knew that many hundreds of boys were going to give their lives or be maimed forever. But my mind goes back so often to this fact. On D-Day, my own son graduated from West Point, And after his training with his division, he came over with the 71st division. But that was some time after this event. But on the very day he was graduating, these men came here, British and our other allies, Americans, to storm these beaches for one purpose only, not to gain anything for ourselves, not to fulfill any ambitions that America had for conquest, but just to preserve freedom, systems of self-government in the world. Many thousands of men have died for ideals such as these, and here again in the 20th century, for the second time, Americans, along with the rest of the free world but Americans, had to come across the ocean to defend those same values. My own son has been very fortunate. He has had a very full life since then. He is the father of four lovely children that are very precious to my wife and me. But these young boys, so many of them, over whose graves we have been treading, looking, wondering and contemplating about their sacrifices, they were cut off in their prime. They have families that grieve for them, but they never knew the great experience of going through life like my son can enjoy. I devoutly hope they will never again have to see such things as these. I think and hope, pray that humanity has learned more than we had learned up to that time. But these people gave us a chance. They bought time for us so that we can do better than we had before. So every time I come back to these beaches on any day that I think about that day, 20 years ago now, I say once more, we must find some way to work for peace and really to gain an eternal peace for the world. End quote. These words are a perfect reminder of America's history as a blessed nation that has sacrificed for the sake of others. They also remind us that these sacrifices were often final. They ended the lives of young men and women who would never again taste the joys of life on earth and have families of their own finally they remind us that the end goal of sacrifice is the creation of a world of enduring peace this high purpose remains the providential destiny of america it is a unique goal that americans can rightly be proud of the left in america and worldwide refuses to acknowledge this mission painting the whole country with a brush of racism and white supremacy the left is wrong America is needed by the world today as much if not more than ever before end of chapter